Hey everyone, welcome to the Blip Podcast, where we are continuing our journey to build a successful insurance agency. In this episode, I interview Nick Ayers. Now, if you don't know Nick, he has been on the forefront of video marketing for over a decade. He not only owns an insurance agency, but he owns and runs a video marketing course called Made You Look Video Marketing. Nick is a master when it comes to strategy and execution with video. And I feel really, truly honored he said he'd join me today. Before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by our master insurance agency, Blue Lion Insurance Partners, BLIP for short, provides access to insurance companies, 100% commission, bonuses, support, software, and systems with no production requirement. And you maintain full, true ownership. Find out more information at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. Without further delay, here is my conversation with Nick. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Berg. Thanks for joining us. This is Nick Ayers with Made You Look Video Marketing, um, and you are listening to the Blip Insurance Agency podcast. So um, I've got Nick on. Nick, uh, I thought maybe the best way we could get started is to to kind of go back, um, start from the beginning where um, I guess maybe even all the way back to who was Liberty Mutual, right? No, I've never worked for Liberty Mutual. Who was it? Who was the first one? Uh, so I actually got my start in the insurance game uh, in California. So in California, you may or may not know, like non-standard shops are really prevalent. Not, not as prevalent as they used to be like 10 plus years ago. Uh, but I've been in the insurance game since 05. And I got my start in a non-standard California agency for a company called Titan Insurance, uh, which was uh, bought out by Nationwide. That's and who then, it was. Yeah. And then I uh, left there and uh, went the captive route uh, worked for a really large captive company out here called AAA Insurance. Uh, AAA, I know, is all over, but they're like massive as a, as a captive here. And that's where I kind of cut my teeth on the preferred side. And uh, yeah, it's been a long ride. I mean, I've been on the, been on the, uh, on the producer side, on the captive side, and then uh, on the IA owner side. So um, now that you've had experience on the um, non-standard and then the preferred, would you ever go back to dabbling in non-standard? No, no, no. no. And I mean, I, the, the market's changed. I mean, I, I, I'm a little removed from it, but, and I could be with having, having this with kind of rose colored glasses, but I, uh, you know, the days of just, look, there's always going to be people who get DUIs, right? There's always going to be people that, that do that, unfortunately. And they're going to need insurance, but the uh, I think the days of, of that are they're slow. And I think you see that just in the marketplace. There's fewer and fewer in shops. Uh, and I mean, no, bro- that was those days were like the wild, wild west, like broker fees. And oh, just, yeah, I mean, if you're not, it's a little different sport out here in California. I mean, well, we have it too here in Arizona. We have a ton of non-standard. Sure. Um, Do you have fees? So um, now we can, but before um, all the non-standards were basically selling the the roadside, but not telling the client they were getting the roadside and charging them like you know two hundred bucks for this ten dollar policy. So check yeah, so check this out. So basically, that's exactly how it is. So now you, I know there's gonna be a lot of like cringing. Uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of like shame on you type stuff, and I get yeah. it. Like. I, but and and not every non-standard is that way. No, but no, no, I would but say the majority. Probably. The majority of them are, and so you have to understand the market here in California. And the market is is like because people will be like, well, I would never charge a fee. It sounds predatory. Well, just know that if you don't, the ten other places that they're calling will. And so it's just the market. And so it's not like a right or wrong thing. This is just the the marketplace here. And but it would be nothing in those days, and it was encouraged by management. You sell a. $500 policy a year, you better charge like a $300 broker fee on that. 
Yeah. Because the the retention on these policies they're going to cancel like every sixty days, and so or every ninety days, if that. And so it's like that was the only way you made money was on fees. You didn't make money on commission because everything right. charged back. So you had to make money on broker fees. So I mean that was. That was encouraged. Yeah, you, you sold a, a non-owner SR22 policy for 300 bucks. Yeah, the, the down payment today is $600. <laughs> and, uh, the monthly payment is 20. And that's right. normal. That, that was, in those days, again, I can't speak to it now, but in those days, that was very, very normal. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've thought about it at length. And this is totally off topic of what, what we're going to end up talking about. But I thought about this at length. And like, at first, I thought it was totally predatory. You know, I thought, you know, these... Uh, oftentimes the non the people going to non-standard um you know they they might not have as high of an education or there there may be a language sure. barrier you know all that kind of stuff but because of all that there's that super high um uh, amount of service that comes with it people coming in to pay cash every month you know all, all the cancellations all that to, kind of thing. To, yeah having to rewrite it every 30 60 days it, That's, totally uh, annoying yeah and so like when we can make you know three four hundred bucks on a new household and we don't have to really service that again for a year two years whatever compared to the, the other end of the spectrum like I, I get it you know it makes sense to me now you good i'm good all right <laughs> Well, here we go. We got some viewers too, so that's good. Nice. Well, so yeah, Nick was gracious enough to fit this in um, <laughs> Dude, as if you didn't have enough going on. Yeah, we uh, we have quite a you know, there's quite a bit going on. There's the uh, there's the agency, there's major look, and we have innovation in a couple of days. And so, um, like this time of year, I'm always like the most stressed out. I'm always the most like on edge because uh, it's mainly due to the, the event itself. I'm always like worried that, you know, someone's going to die there. And so like every precaution, I just always like, I have a very like picky, like on how I want the, the production to look, the show to look. And we, we spend all year on it. So it's like this coming down to like the last second of it. I'm like, okay, is everything going to look good? Is everything going to work? I'm always really concerned. Yeah. Well, it was amazing last year. So I'm sure it'll, are you going to be there be. this year? You know what? I'm not, but my business partner, Brian's oh. going to be there. So he's oh. going to, he's going to take some good notes for me. Is he coming to the pre-conference? Uh, yes. And your thing, but, um, well, he's he is... to the pre-conference. If he bought a ticket for the pre-conference, he's good to go. Oh, well, maybe he is. I'll double check them. If not, I'll make sure he does. Um, <laughs> so you were, you were saying you were kind of going back through, um, your history. So you've kind of, done a number of different things in the insurance industry. And that brings you to today where you um, own Thrive Insurance. ThriveSure, yes. Thrive, sorry, ThriveSure. Um, and made you look. Mm -hmm. And so what, I guess, what made you decide to start Made You Look? Well, why don't you tell us what it is first? Yeah. And then tell so us why you started. So major league video marketing is a kind of a, it's a course on top of a consultation program. And so I've spent the better part of 20 years um, in some form or fashion in the video world. And so, I mean, I even have this picture on my desk. I don't know if you can see this, but this is a picture of me when I was like, all of like nice. 15 years old and I'm behind a camera. That's when it was cool to wear an undershirt underneath your, uh, your button down collared shirt. Wait, I, I guess it's not. That's not so cool. But been doing, been involved in the video game for a long time now. And one thing that I saw that was lacking just in the marketplace was I saw a lot of here's here's the message you you always heard and you always hear you got to do video you got to do video you got to do video right well, that's fantastic well what do I do like what does that mean like do I just get my cell phone do I get and so it's it's a program that teaches business owners predominantly in the financial financial services space so insurance is the the heavier category there but loan officers insurance financial planners on how to use video to actually grow business i've been through a lot of programs myself over the years and it seems like a lot of programs either want to teach you how to be a film star or how to like sell widgets on amazon and make money and so i didn't want that I felt like an area that was lacking in the marketplace was having the ability to actually utilize video 
to grow your business, to generate leads, to improve the customer experience, to build retention, to build referral partners, all the to, to communicate at scale. Uh, I believe video, and I say this all the time, video is the most emotional medium that we have to communicate. Uh, aside from you and I, I mean, we're doing this on video, right? right aside right. from you and I, like getting together, shaking hands and like having a cup of coffee together, like there's nothing that we can do online other than video to really kind of uh, build out those emotions and, and pull those emotional triggers. And so I just found that there was not any education in the marketplace and the education that was there was very lacking. And I approached this from somebody who is actually doing it. So uh, like in our program, we, we teach a lot of lead generation on YouTube as an example. Uh, I think YouTube is very underutilized as far as a marketing platform. Everybody saturates Facebook, and I love Facebook. Facebook's been very good to me, but nobody's really uh, dipped their toe into the YouTube space, and they haven't done it well, particularly for financial services. And so, so I what do you what do you think the the main differences between the two are? I mean, I think I've seen you post about, um, gosh, uh, maybe it's like the amount of intent um, from the the sort of leads yeah. you're getting on on YouTube, or or what is it? What's the main difference? Like, when should someone go for YouTube? When should somebody go to Facebook? I wish I can show you. So I do these every day on on strategy calls that I have with with new students. So basically, imagine a imagine a, a simple style funnel, right? And in that funnel, you have it divvied up between different levels of market awareness between you know that your client. So we're all in different levels of market awareness, whether we're buying bubble gum, shoes, automobile insurance, houses, whatever. Like we're the funnels are shorter and longer, but we're always in a different phase when it comes to buying things that solve problems in our life, right? Yep. And so where I think YouTube is strong is it's strong when you need brand-facing, um, high-intent um, marketing done. So as an example, you're familiar with Facebook marketing. And again, I love Facebook. Facebook is, is great to me. But the person who's on Facebook typically is there to argue about politics Look at pictures of their ex-wives, uh, you know, what, and, and what they're doing, right? It's to post pictures of the food. Look at the grandkids. It's a social platform, right? People are people go on it while they're waiting to get their hair cut, while they're waiting, you know, while they're driving on the road. It's a veg out kind of entertainment social platform. So we're just yep. scrolling. Right. And you generate leads off of that based on really good copy, based on good creatives, right? Things that kind of trip people up. It's really good for people who are in the market awareness of they are either problem unaware or solution unaware or more problem unaware. Like you're telling them they have a problem right. and they need to think about solving that problem. Right. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, attention, attention, um, Vac Vacaville renters. Like you can buy a home. Really? I could buy a home? Like you don't even know, like mm -hmm. that's possible. Whereas YouTube is really good for that middle funnel area where it's you're getting in front of people. Now they're not just thinking about can I buy a home? They're thinking, do I want to buy a home in Sacramento or San Francisco? Right. They're right. evaluating, they're researching, right? They're already in the mindset to actually want to learn something, or they are they're they're very problem aware. Now they're looking for and they're evaluating solutions. And gotcha. So YouTube. Uh, utilizing Google data is more powerful on that end because if there's anybody that knows more about you than you know about you, it's Google, right? I always say Google, yeah. is, Google is daddy. Like they're, they are their father time. They're, they're the father, son, and Holy Spirit all mixed in one. And like, they know more about you than you do. And so it's crazy how much, you know, based on how we utilize the internet, like how much of a player Google is, right? And it's, it's to no surprise when you think about it. But Google is able to segment us into different audiences based on the websites we're visiting. So if you're trying to sell homes, like it's going to know if you're trying to buy a home and you've been to like Zillow, like 50 Zillow pages, like it has a really good idea that you're trying to buy a home or you're right. looking at homes, right? You're in the market. And so that's something that Facebook can also do to some degree, but I feel is a little bit more limited. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's important and really the, the, the way you craft a message on YouTube is really different as well. Um, I think the one mistake that a lot of people have that are used to doing Facebook ads uh, is they think that the same level of strategy or success that they utilize on one platform is automatically going to carry them over to another one. And I think that, that is uh, where a lot of people 
mess up uh, because they are very different platforms. The user is different. The user experience is different. And so the, the, the message and the offers and the style has to also be different. That's interesting. You know, I always, um, I, I guess I always had thought, you know, I need to learn how to run ads and how to create good content and copy and whatever, um, which is why I started going down the Facebook route, you know, a year ago or so, because I thought, you know, okay, Facebook is here today. It's going to go away at some point, probably, probably replaced by something else. And, and you know, it's not going to be the, the hot social media platform. So yeah, it'll, just, it'll just evolve. It's, I, you know, it'll, it, there'll be evolution to some degree. Right, right. But I thought like, oh, I learned this and then I can just go do this same thing on, yeah, you know, so, Instagram, YouTube. All. Yeah. And so there is, yes, to a degree. Yes. So the one th beauty about like Facebook and YouTube is that if you understand Facebook, the, then picking up YouTube is not going to be that much of a challenge for you. It's just a little different terminology, a little different interface. Gotcha. A lot of the concepts apply. So I'll give you an example yeah. on Facebook. You, your copy is really, really important. Yep. Right. On YouTube, your script is the most important thing. Like, I tell our students that if it looks like an ad, if your video looks like an ad, it will get treated like an ad. I always ask, you know, new students when we're, uh, when I'm talking about in the sales process, I always say, okay, um, how often do you watch a video on YouTube and, and an ad pops up? They always say all the time. Yep. I go, yes. Uh, how often do you skip that ad? They go all the time. I all go, the time. yes. Um, but the videos that do really well, are the videos that have a really good script with a really good offer. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example. You have five to six seconds before that skip video icon comes up. Yeah. I was going to ask you how important is that first five seconds? It's incredibly important. So the way you frame your video is, you know, I want to give them that offer in that first five seconds, because that offer is going to be what gets them beyond the five second mark. Now, if they skip it, fantastic. I don't care if they skip it. I mean, I do to a degree, but if they skip it, I didn't get charged a penny for it. The way that I, the reason, one reason why I love YouTube as an advertising platform is because unless somebody watches 30 seconds or more of your video or they click on the ad, then you're not charged for it. What? So, really? Yeah. So wow. that's, they, they go off of what's, what is defined as a view and a view is defined as someone who watches 30 seconds or more, or if your ad is shorter than 30 seconds, if you watch the whole thing. Interesting. Or okay. if they click on it. So I have no problem loving the skip button. You give me free impressions all day long. The only people that are coming, this is the reason why I like it as well, is it, it has a higher level of intent with the buyer. So if someone is going to watch their Alex Jones videos on YouTube, is he, I don't know if he's even still on YouTube. But I let's think say so, someone, unless somebody whacked him. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he's going, you know, you're going there to watch, uh, you know, cat videos uh, or like uh, bougie music videos, like whatever you want to watch. And like an ad pops up um, and I click on it. Like it's a, like the offer is good. The script is good. It's a good ad. I click on it. I go to the survey. I go to the landing page, whatever you want to do. Um, like I interrupted my cat video to go to your ad to sell me car insurance. Right. Like, and I filled it out. So that tends to be a better, like that tells, like that is a, the, the level of seriousness uh, on that lead is really, really good. Um, and that's why I like it. So if they skip it after 27, like in 27 seconds, and I've sat there and I've spewed about this out of the other. <laughs> right. So one of the things I do is I put a static, I have an evergreen, a static uh, branding video that's in my city. That's nothing but Thrive Sure Insurance, Thrive Sure Insurance, Thrive Sure Insurance. It gets a high skip rate. I don't care about that. But all I'm trying to do, it's like my, it's like a free billboard. Oh placement. yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Skip it all day long. When I go and I tell you, I work for Thrive Sure Insurance. A lot of times you're going to say, oh, I've seen you, I've seen you guys yeah. on YouTube. Yep. Fantastic. So that level of affinity, that bridge is being built on brand, you know, on my brand. Uh, and that's why I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great, great platform. Dude, that's awesome. So what, okay. As a, somebody who's, who's getting started to, first of all, that stuff, I had no idea about any of it. So that no, is, most people don't, most people don't. You know, less than 4% of local businesses advertise on YouTube. Yeah. So, it's, um, so with uh, Facebook, um, 
with Facebook, you can um, pixel data, you can, um, you know, retarget, um, you know, people who, whatever, whatever criteria you want to use. Can you do that same sort of thing with, with YouTube? Yep, sure can. So again, if you're familiar with the Facebook platform, then picking up uh, Google's platform is that different? The terminology is different. So it's not called a, a Google pixel. It's called the global site tag. And I know we're kind of getting in the weeds here. Yeah. Um, but yes, the short answer is yes. There is strategy around getting good data on your tag, um, retargeting. Now you can't retarget anybody unless your list of your audience size is at a thousand people or, you know, that's the minimum that you can retarget. So a good strategy for, yeah. the, for the marketers that are watching this is on all your surveys, that if you're running Facebook traffic to a survey, you know, capture that data and we, and it's going to build that audience list, you know, run as much traffic to, to the tag and the pixel and all that stuff as possible. So you can retarget faster on the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's, that's, that, that's something that I, I advise people to do is like put your Facebook pixel on there too. If you're running Facebook ads, so I'll run a YouTube ad and then I'll retarget on Facebook until I get enough data on my audience size to where I can then retarget also on YouTube. Gotcha. And it shouldn't take long. If you're running good traffic, it's not going to take long to get to a thousand people. Yeah. People who are just getting started out though. I mean, you know, I, I know when I got started out doing social media ads, it's like, it's scary. You know, you don't want to start out running 50 to a hundred bucks a day, you know? So you're going to start yeah, off the, with like that's two, three. That is, that is the mindset. I mean, but again, it's like go big or go home to a degree. I mean, um, like I tell our students, like, you know, if you want good, like I'm, I'm, I'm high volume and this is just me. Like I'm high volume. Mm-hmm. Um, like it doesn't excite me to get two or three leads a day. Like I want like 20. Right. Um, so I'm like, spend a hundred bucks a day, spend 200 bucks a day. And like the fast, the more leads you get, the more you're going to sell, the more you sell, the faster you sell, the more money you're going to make. And so yep. it's a mindset shift to be sure. Yeah. So somebody who's just getting started in video marketing. Um, so let's do this. Why don't you, why don't you um, tell me what you would recommend somebody to somebody who's thinking, okay, I want to get started. What equipment do I need? What equipment do I need? First of all, and then yeah. let's maybe go, what equipment should I get when I'm a little bit, you know, down the road? What, what would you suggest is like, if you were going to go buy brand new gear, what would you get? Sure. So, for gear, the best camera that you have is the camera that's closest to you. Okay. And so whether it's a webcam or a cell phone. Now, I tell people for ads, the best camera to use is your cell phone or a webcam. Again, if it looks like an ad, it gets treated like an ad. And so I use a cell phone. If you're familiar with like Ty Lopez, I do very Ty Lopez style. Uh, Selfie ads. style, yeah. For, for, for ads. Now, for public facing brand awareness type stuff. Yeah. Go and go get yourself a four or $500 DSLR, DSLR camera and, and go that route. But it depends on the strategy you're wanting to play. Like if now I say this to my detriment, like I have, you know, I don't do enough public facing content. Like it, my YouTube channel, if you went to my YouTube channels, like there's like maybe four or five videos on there. Those are public videos. If I showed you the unlisted videos, it's like, right it's a ton so i'm more my style is more ad running traffic with paid yeah and so i need to do a better job with public facing stuff but my public facing stuff should be more polished um because it's and i always say this the longer the video the more polished it should be too if i'm making a one minute video then your cell phone's fine if i'm making like a two three four five six seven whatever like minute long video that's content based it should be nice. Like I should have animations. I should have titles. I should have music. I should have that stuff to keep the viewer engaged. It, people always ask me like, how long should my content be? How long does it need to be? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really dependent on where people are at in the cycle. So somebody who is colder, uh, somebody that is very problem unaware, going back to that market awareness, the shorter the video, right? The, People who are like actually trying to make a decision, like, okay, do I want, do I want to get, do I want to do business with Josh's agency or Billy's agency down the street? Like, and I'm evaluating, well, then the longer the content, that's fine, right? Because you're making actual decisions. And so your, your, your video length is totally dependent on 
where they're at in the cycle. That's why we're like quote videos or video proposals. Like you can get away with like a 30 minute video proposal because they're actually evaluating what you want to do. Now, if they have no idea who you are, yeah, probably 30 minutes is like maybe, you know, they're going to skip out like at 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, that's why like when you see like Facebook ads that are videos um, or when I work with people, like they'll say, you know, they'll be like, I can't get people to watch more than 10 seconds. Well, yeah, they're number one, your offer's wrong. Your pitch is wrong. Your copy's wrong. Uh, and you're, you know, you're, you're targeting people who are outside in that, in that market awareness, you've got to approach them a lot differently. Like they're, they don't have the, you haven't hit them to where they're actually interested in what you want to say, where they're evaluating. So for gear, you know, cell phone is a great way to start when you want to scale up. Look, I, I tell people like, I love good gear. Um, I'm a hobbyist, so I get it, but you don't need that in order to get started. That's actually to your detriment. It's just going to be another obstacle in your way to creating content and getting started. And so, okay. So um, one thing I think I heard you say, gosh, long time ago is people will tolerate bad video, but they will not tolerate bad sound. So how right. important if you go get a DSLR camera that has an input jack for a mic, super important. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. So if you're doing that DSLR, D, uh, DSLR style uh, video, then yeah, exactly. So you want to get, I'll grab it here. So you want to get one of these things. This is just a lapel mic that you buy off of Amazon. You know, it plugs in to your camera with this, right? Just like like yep. an old Walkman. And <laughs> You know, you run the cable underneath your shirt so you don't see the wire and you plug it to your lapel and exactly right. So people will tolerate in the, in the, in the, in the production quality world, right? People will tolerate shaky video. They'll tolerate graininess. Um, they'll tolerate all that stuff to a degree. What people will tune out immediately on is bad audio. So if you are, if it's an echo, if it's a lot of echo, if it is, uh, if it's just hard to understand, like it hurts my ears to have to painfully listen to you. Yeah. People are going to zone out or tune out or skip you. Um, you know, prioritize your audio, prioritize your lighting next, and then prioritize the actual, like what the video looks like, color correction and vignetting and all that stuff. High, you know, 4k. I, I know people who shoot like 4k videos and like they're, they've got like no microphone on. It looks like crap. It sounds like garbage. I'm like, I don't even want to listen to this thing because it's garbage. Yeah. Well, um, what about, okay. So when somebody records this video, whatever it is, what then? Like how, where I know in your course, you have the Adobe suite. Yep. Right. So, it's included. Yep, all of our students get a, their own license to Adobe Creative Cloud if they want one. And so what though, if somebody's like shoestring budget, trying to make it work, like is there some good free software that- Yeah, yeah. So depending on if you are on Microsoft or Apple, uh, an Apple device, you can get uh, like Windows Movie Maker. You can oh, okay. get uh, Apple iMovie. And there's a few other types of uh, uh, ancillary things out there. But yeah, so if, if you're on a budget, you can even do stuff in YouTube. So like you can trim off edge. Yeah, you can do some splicing in YouTube if you want to. Um, and that's free. That's another thing that we, um, in the, in, in our YouTube training course, that's something we show people how to do too, as a module, but you can add annotations and trim and, and all that stuff. So, but if you want just like a, a free software, you know, windows movie maker for windows users, iMovie for iOS users. So really everything that, you probably already have either on your phone or on your, whatever computer you're using. Gotcha. Yep. yep. I mean, you can get like, like on your phone, you can get like Adobe rush. I want to say like you can get it for like 19 bucks a month. I mean, if you're making content, you need to do something. So yeah. like 19 bucks a month. 19 yeah. Bucks a month, you know? And it's pretty amazing. The, the, um, the Adobe creative cloud. It's I mean, yeah, Man. It's, 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 it's all I know. It's what I've learned. It's, I mean, before it was ever creative cloud. I mean, it's, I'm an Adobe evangelist. I love Adobe as a company. That's just, I think they have the benchmark on, uh, on, on the, on the creative side of, of content. And so, you know, 
it's I just I just want to remove every obstacle out of people's hands that prevent them from actually implementing. For yeah. me, like I just want people to implement. I don't just 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 implement. And well, if you right. if you do if you implement, you're like ahead of everybody. Yeah, e- even like imperfect action, you know, is even if it's imperfect, like you're still ten ten, ten steps ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, take a I quick. Think some comments. I think that's some comments we got. Yeah. Here. So Ryan wants to know. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, what's going on, Ryan? Um, wants to know how do you overcome people that use an ad blocker or have YouTube Premium? First of all, how many people is that? My guess is it's probably a small subset. It is smaller. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Uh, if they don't see the ads, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and and maybe I'm guilty of this. And you can't, you can't be all in on one platform. Like, I know I say a lot about YouTube, 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 but I'll be on Facebook, I'll be on YouTube, I'll be on Instagram, I'll do email follow ups. Like, I'm gonna find you. And so, <laughs> Liam, like, 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 I can't just. If yeah, if they've got YouTube Premium, I can't show them YouTube ads. Well, then I need to hit them on Facebook. And if I can't hit them on Facebook, I need to figure out a way to get in their inbox. If I can't get in their inbox, I need to have my telemarketer call them. Like I need to. You can't be. The point is, is you can't be all in on one one single platform. That's the problem. I think a lot of. That's the problem. I think a lot of marketers have, or a lot of people in marketing, or even in like uh in the bit like in insurance, like they just think, oh, I need to use YouTube ads, right? People and people mock things like direct mail. No one's doing direct mail now, or it's dying off. So maybe I should do direct mail, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's the best time to do it. So yeah. like you just have to be. I, I learned. I you know one of my one of my early mentors uh, in the industry, Mike Stromso, said you know if you want to reach 100 percent of the population or the audience, you have to reach them with 100 percent of the methods. And I yep. believe that that's true. I can't just be just YouTube. I can't be just Facebook. It can't be just email. I have to be on LinkedIn. I have to be on YouTube. I have to be on Facebook. I got to do all those things. If I, like with this caveat, if I want to grow to the level that I want to grow. How much time do you think? Okay. So for doing that, you know, I guess I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm famous to myself, right. For like, I know myself by spending way too much time doing things, right. Things where I'm like, gosh, this is going to take 10 minutes and it takes me a day, you know, to like create an ad, get it out there, work on the automation behind it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like how much time do you feel like is an adequate amount of time for people who are running a business, you know, having their personal life, all that kind of stuff. Like, like how much do you feel like is a good amount of time to spend on this kind of stuff? I feel like my answer is going to be um, wrong no matter what I say. Um, I'll tell you my, my approach. And I realize my approach isn't everybody's approach. So <laughs> caveat. Um, like I'm a get it done guy. And if I've got to step until three or four in the morning to get it done, I get it done. And yep. I get it. Like I, I got a wife, I got two kids. I I think I even have a dog somewhere. Like I <laughs> I just it's important. And what's important is what what gets done is what's important or is that how it goes what's important gets done and yeah. so it's important do i am i perfect at it no does it make me the best husband and father sometimes at most times no i think preferences, i think preferences man preferences like it's it's i have to get this stuff done and so yeah. i don't i don't whatever it takes you just get it done yep and i think you know that's not the right answer I, well, I, I don't know how to answer that right. Finish, I, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, every it's going to be different for everybody. But I think people have to. So one thing I'm learning is that B minus work is completely satisfactory if I can get it done. You know, B minus work is going to take me an hour and yeah. A plus work is going to take me five. So right. so maybe you mix in some B's with some A's and throw yeah, some there B's in there too. <laughs> Um, by the way, Mike Stromso, that guy is awesome. I love Such that. a cool guy. I love, dude, he's got a great podcast. I actually want to have him on. He doesn't know this. I haven't talked to him about it yet, but I listened to this, uh, podcast of his about how he goes about getting referrals and from his existing books, you know, Acre of Diamonds. And, um, anyway, I want to have him on and talk about that because it's, yeah, it's cool. Great. 
He's yeah, awesome. I got, I got a lot of good stories about Mike. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what about content? Like how, is there some sort of methodology for coming up with new content? Cause I think that's one of the things that gets people frozen, you know, like, yeah. okay, if I start this thing or I do this or that, like, how am I going to keep coming up with content? Is, do you have some sort of strategy? Yeah. yeah. Consistency is, is a death of a lot of people, right? They're unable to be myself included. Like it's hard to remain consistent in a lot of things. You get distracted by shiny objects and, um, but again, what, what's imp- what, the things that get done are the things that are important to you. And so, yeah, for content, I you know, so let's take let's take a niche for example. Let's take uh, insurance. Right? That's what we know. Okay. And so, like, I had this conversation online uh, in IAOA yesterday with somebody. It was very brief, but it was he was talking about like what should he what should he do for marketing? Well, what's the vertical construction? Fantastic. Well, here's ten. Here's how I would do ten different things. Ten different. Uh, variable pieces of content that allow you to be consistent. Uh, you do construct. You do constru- contractors go to a job site, do a Facebook Live there. Like, that doesn't require any thought. Just interview somebody. Go to the freaking Home Depot and ask people randomly what they're trying to buy and build. Go, you know, create an article on your website on the th- on the three things contractors need to know about their insurance. Run ads to that. Retarget with a direct response ad like. Are you a contractor? Uh, this is what we do. Um, co- you know, content is a weird word. Everybody always assumes it means one thing or another, but content is—it's um, as simple as a Facebook post. It's as simple. It, it's as extravagant as a, as a, as a vlog. And so, diversify what you're doing, and that'll allow you to be consistent, right? So every day, think of your Facebook page as like a TV channel, and put something on the channel a Facebook post, a picture, do it on Instagram, right? Or what are you doing on LinkedIn? Like con- you need to be, you need to be all over. It goes back to that. And that will allow you to be consistent. I think everybody thinks, well, I have to write like a 2000 word uh, blog and I should put in a video and there needs to be a really cool, uh, you know, call to action. Yeah. On some of the stuff there should be, don't get me wrong. Like you should have a really good, well-written article on your website that has good keywords and blah, blah. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you can also do a Facebook live. In addition, you can yeah. also um, go to a customer and do a testimonial. In addition, you can, I if you look at like my Facebook wall, a lot of my content is, and I've learned this from other people, I can't take credit for this, but you'll see me do like a lot of um, what I call brag posts, proof posts, yep. right? And I do that because that's content that people consume. And I'll write four or five paragraphs on it and that is content totally you you may not like it right some people might look at me like that's fine i'm just segmenting my audience is all i'm doing and just getting the, the, the i'm separating the sheeps and the goats and yeah. but that's content uh when i do a before and after with somebody that's content like that is content it doesn't have to be just video or just blog articles. It could be a number of different things, and that will allow you to keep it fresh, keep it inter- keep it interesting, and keep it consistent. Yeah, and you know, one thing you just talked about is, you know, if you're if you're posting stuff for business on your personal social media page, whatever it is, you're it, like I have this fear. I know a ton of people do, where it's like, well, you know, all my friends are going to think I'm, you know, lame, or you know, they're going to stop paying yeah. attention. Whatever. Yeah, so That's yes, cool. yes, that, that is true. Now that now that, that that is true to to a large degree, but here's the thing. People like following people that they see as high higher status. Mm-hmm. Right? They like to see, they like to follow people who are on an upward trajectory in life. Now, if all my posts were, hey, I sell insurance, buy it from me, here's my phone number. Yeah. But when I'm telling stories and I'm, I'm talking about clients and I'm talking about problems being solved and I'm talking about wins and I'm mixing in also some losses, right? That makes me, number one, more authentic. But then it also makes me an interesting story that people can follow. It also, when I show results, it's showcasing status. And people are attracted to st- why do you think Kim Kardashian or anybody with the last name Kardashian can get on any and can sell anything because they have status. And so 
if I can, that that's nothing like mystical or magical. Like status is can be replicated in in, in any field. Are you gonna are you gonna be? You're not naming. You're not. You're not marrying Kanye West at any point in your life. But you can showcase status and results, and people are going to be attracted to that. And it's mm-hmm. also going to. Re- it's also, but more powerful than that is, it's going to repel the people that you don't want around. Right. And so that is why you do it. Yeah. You're not. Sell- you're not. You're not jumping online. And be like, buy from me. Right. <laughs> That's lame. Like you're, you have to be <laughs> yeah. more. You have to be. You have to be more subtle than that. Yeah. I think it, I think it is a fear that people, even if you're doing it, you know, like you said, telling stories, like doing it in a really good way, that's interesting. I think that, you know, at some point you just kind of have to, if you're a business owner or, you know, you, you make your living from sales somehow, you have to just kind of get, get over yourself, get past that fear of using social media for business and not just pleasure. Right. Nobody it's, really cares about your dinner right. or the so last picture don't. of your well, they, they don't, but giving people an insight to who you are as a human being is powerful. Um, I'll post pictures of what I eat. I'll post pictures of my kids. I'll post don't funny. I'll post. Yeah. Don't, I'll post funny, funny jokes. I let people into my life. It's a social platform when I'm selling or when I'm prom- better when I'm promoting. So whether it's the agency or made you look or anything else. When I'm promoting, um, I do so along the sto- along storylines. I do so along uh, things that uh, captivate, or or at least I think build interest. And that's the difference. Again, if I'm just on there saying I sell insurance, if it's like me, Tarzan, you, Jane approach to marketing, I sell insurance, buy from me, then yeah, that will get you'll get unfollowed really really quick. Yeah. So when I talk about when I talk about uh, how you know, luckily we were able to write a life insurance policy for uh, John, and three weeks later he died, and now we're able to deliver a million dollar check to his wife. That's captivating. That's interesting, yeah. and yeah. It, it's showcasing results. And right. again, people are attracted to upward trend results. People, people, believe it or not, people like winners. Like. The bandwagon mentality is a real thing subconsciously amongst people. We want to follow people that we think have it together. We don't want to follow in our mind losers. Totally. Totally. Right. So, yeah. And I'm not saying like, I, I, I know my words there are harsh. I'm just trying to paint a very strong contrast um, in the way that we think on a kind of, you know, just on, just on a human level. Like, yeah. We like, we like upwards. We don't necessarily like downwards. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. I mean, I know I reach out to people. I, I like I over the past two years, I've been, I wouldn't say I've been strategic, but I am for sure aware of some people and that I want to have some sort of relationship with that person because of who they are and where they're headed. And so I totally, totally agree with you. Yeah. Um well what um is there anything else you would want to add to this discussion? Anything you think you should know? <laughs> oh, man, we, could, we, we could be here all day long. Um, but what's the one, is, if there's one thing to add, if you had to narrow it down, what would it be? As it pertains to what? As it pertains to video marketing. Get a good script. The most, power, the most important aspect of your video is not your video. It's not. It's because... As a consumer, I'm consuming and really like the whole polish stuff and the whole really like fanciness of a video, that only goes so deep. But as I believe this, I believe that as human beings, we are intrinsically and by nature um, selfish, just as humans. We're, we're selfish yeah. people. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just, I would agree. Selfish. And the one thing that we ask ourselves on a conscious and subconscious level is, is what's in it for me. And so what's in it for me has nothing to do with the production value of a video. Now I love good looking videos. I do. I like making them. It's art. I I'm, I'm totally there, but just like I had a conversation with uh, one of our students today, he put out a, he was putting out a video and I essentially told him, don't, don't do it this way. 
there's a difference in the mindset of a creator and a marketer. A creator wants to create art. A marketer wants to create results. And so what's in it for me is the is what you say in the script. The words you say are important. That's the, mo that's the most important thing of your video. It's a script. And I think this is where a lot of people mess up is they, they get bogged down with the creative. And I'm not saying it doesn't have a place, but they get bogged down with the creative when really the thing that you need to prioritize is what you actually say. And what's some, what's, um, what are some pointers for that? I mean, I would think that you would, one of the things you would want to make sure you do is dumb it, dumb your language down as far as yep. not using industry specific language, right? Yep. Yep. So does it pass the five-year-old test? If it's too confusing for my five-year-old, then it's probably too confusing. Just like people are selfish. Most people, when they are not totally in tune with what you're saying, they're only at halfway paying attention. We're all pretty dumb creatures right and so like when you start talking about like subrogation and uh, you know indemnity and right. <laughs> you'll, you'll turn off the camera right? yeah you have to figure out what's in it for my client and what words well, how can i keep it simple how do i make it so simple that everybody understands it and what kind of value proposition am i really giving here so here, here's an example, and I'll give you kind of maybe a peek behind the curtain. Um, one of the uh, funnels that we run in our program is one for commercial property. Insurance agents that want to target landlords. Nice. Uh, commercial real estate. So one of the things that we did, uh, I did with a, a handful of our students that wanted to target this. This is whenever, whether I target stuff or not, and I have experience with it, I'll just grab people that want it, and we'll just spend an hour or two in a video call amongst a group and we'll craft a message. One of the things that we discovered is that most real estate agent or most property owners know commercial property. The one thing that they all want to do more of is they all want to get more commercial property. It's like a, it's like a drug. Yep. Totally. Okay. okay. So now we know, we know what we need to craft the offer around and how this will help them, how saving money, thousands of dollars, and using terms like cash flow and targeting things like rich dad, poor dad and Grant Cardone and all those things. Getting, getting in front of them with the right terminology and the right offer is what has yielded the best results. And so it goes back to just knowing who your audience is, knowing the language they speak. It's like being a, you know, if you're a missionary in an, in an unknown land, like you better learn the language real quick. Yep. Um, or the tribes people will kill you. And so, you know, knowing who the audience is, knowing the language and uh, really prioritizing the script. And I, I just can't say that enough. Script, 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 script. It's the most important thing. Gotcha. And so for anybody listening to this, do you, well, how can they find you? Where can they, how can they find you to sign up for your course? Because let me say this, I personally know three people who have taken your course and i already told you this once but i want to say it again the most rate the the best review of a course i think anyone could get from all three people and so it's on my agenda <laughs> at some point when i have a little bit more time that i can know i can focus on it but w where can people find you how can they sign up so uh, I'm all over the uh, the interwebs. I mean, you can find me everywhere. Um, Facebook is probably the best way to communicate with me, but uh, I encourage people to, I don't like to bring anybody on the program that I haven't spoken to. Um, and so what I encourage people to do, because I want to know where you're at. It's very important to me that I help you get results. I don't want you in the program if I can't help you. Mm -hmm. And like, I take it personal. I treat your business like I treat my business and your results matter to me. And I, I don't know why I'm just very invested in that. And so go, go to my website, www.madeyoulookvideo.com. Schedule a discovery call with me. We'll take 30 minutes and we'll assess your business and we'll see if it's something that we can help you with. We can't help everybody, but we can help a lot. And that, again, that, that's the most, that's the most important thing for me uh, on so many levels is I want people 
like to a fault I, i'm too i stress over like even if they're not implemented i just stress over them you know their results and so um because it's a passion project for me in a lot of ways but uh, that's how you would find me is on facebook and go to my website majorlikevideo.com sweet awesome well thank you so much for your time um appreciate it everyone thanks for watching uh that is all we got we'll see you next week next week um austin moorhead's gonna be on and we're talking uh we're talking automation so any questions you have if it's something you haven't started yet something you kind of know what you're doing but you need some uh, input join us next week and we will see you then awesome thanks guys yep see ya gosh what a great interview i learned a ton the two things i think that were the biggest takeaway for me is one you don't get charged for the impressions on youtube unless somebody watches 30 seconds or till the end of the video if it's shorter than 30 seconds that's a huge deal you know how many times you can put your logo or your branding in front of somebody without even getting charged that's incredible and then knowing that YouTube is tied to Google and all of the information that Google has um, is at your fingertips as far as putting your ad in front of the right person. It's pretty incredible. It does sound pretty great if somebody is already watching a video and has searched online for, I don't know, a certain widget and you sell that widget and they're watching a video about you know, that widget being made or whatever, and you can put your ad right dead smack in the middle of the video they're watching that they have to actually skip over your ad and continue watching the vid video about this widget that you sell. I mean, it's pretty, pretty powerful stuff um, and applicable, I think, to pretty much almost any business owner. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to start uh, getting in there and messing around with some of this stuff and start implementing and and uh, take some of these tips from Nick and start putting them to good use. So um, join us next week. You're not gonna wanna miss it because after you have all these leads coming in, the next step in the process is making sure that those leads are getting followed up with and one of the best ways to do that is through automation. And I have Austin Moorhead with Conversion Kings. The guy is an automation genius and we are going to be talking about pretty much everything you would need to know about automation. Don't miss it. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.